Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Tuesday, May 19th, 2020. <laughs> you say that like we didn't just spend 30 seconds trying to validate what day it is. Yeah, because <laughs> we're bad about that normally. And now yeah. during this bizarre world, we're slowly tiptoeing yeah. away from that. Yeah, I don't know what day it is. Yeah, and the last staff schedule is from March 19th, and it's still up because nothing's happened. So it's funny to see that. Yeah. And you're like, wait a minute. So we wouldn't even know... What was going on if we had a calendar in front of us? <laughs> it's so funny. We mentioned a couple weeks ago that Megan, one of our lovely candy kids, mm. sent in her notice bizarrely because didn't think that we'd be back within the next month or so. Yeah. So we lost that employee and then not losing employee, but just very strange. Sarah, another one of our employees, sent me an email the other day just kind of checking in and seeing how things were. And she said, so... Our family has a plan to go on vacation at the end of July. Yeah, good luck with that. I think it's just like to a cottage or something. So that theoretically might work, I guess, if it's just her family going from their house to a cottage. Yeah. I'm just speculating on that because I think she does that sometimes. But she said, so can I book these three or four days off, which who knows if we'll be back by then. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. But That's... it's weird, weird world. Yeah, I don't understand how any of this is going to work. And the funny thing is like, when we are back, we're going to need to hire like two or three people, I guess. Like, what? I don't even know how many employees we have anymore. Yeah, it's, I think. Not to make you feel like nervous. Well, I think like, say if a miracle happened and they said less than a week from now, Monday, you can reopen. Yeah. Like a miracle happens. Well, for one, I don't know how quick we can roll along on that because we're going to have to program the movies and receive the movies. Yeah, and buy new candy. All the, Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that shouldn't take too long. Yeah. But then coke delivery all that stuff so mm -hmm. i think we'll need a week just to kind of slowly God, get the ball least, rolling if not two yeah and then just i think most of our employees are just kind of even people who are just part-time mm -hmm. are still when we come back their lives and our lives will go back to being the same <laughs> which is not to call them normal no <laughs> but <laughs> so one person working two or three shifts one person working three or four shifts mm -hmm. myself and andrew able to work Full-time if need be. Yeah, I was going to say, you guys might actually, for the first time ever, have a full-time job here. Like, yeah. Like, we, we you might could, have to. And, I mean, I always joke that working here is not digging ditches. It's not really stressful or anything. I work here for fun as a second job. Like, literally. Yeah. The <laughs> amount of people that we don't lose because they go get grown-up jobs and still are like, no, I can work once a month. I can work twice yeah. a month. If need be, I could work six days a week. And it'll just be so much fun to be out and yeah. doing things yeah yeah i'll be fine with that but yes we're going to have to hire maybe one more person just to replace megan because yeah. we just don't know like that, that's the other thing do like that we don't know now. when we're coming back we don't know because the thing too is like it's not crazy likely that some of us are going to get jobs during this off time where there's no jobs but it's not right. impossible and so then at that point that's the funny thing when we even do come back you're gonna have to sit down and make a list of who actually works here anymore because you're like who we haven't even heard of these people in a while you know yeah because some people are still in a normal routine like a couple of our men managers who had halftime jobs elsewhere mm -hmm. sarah who's in school so i think she's still in the routine of going to university locally so we still got her for a couple more years yeah and and like andrew's kind of chilling i guess yeah I andrew's andrew and i will come back to working full-time here full-ish time here so it'll be fine but the weirdest thing is probably as soon as you get back this is not an announcement don't start no, sending me none things. of this is anything but maybe we'll have to hire somebody but we totally can't do that now well no and we don't even know how to train them yet because we don't know what the new reality is yeah because that's imagine what's that, weird like you're hired 
you're working a day, but you haven't worked a popcorn machine or the cash oh, register here yet. Like, God. so that'll need to happen. Yeah. And like, and it's very, and I, I can't really close during the week. So I don't know. The, the whole thing is going to be odd. Like, I don't think it's going to be a problem, but it's no. just funny because like training someone for the way things used to be is one thing. And I wouldn't have a problem doing that, but training someone for stuff that we have to be trained for is going to be so weird. And if anything, like myself, Andrew and Raina are yeah full timers. That's a triple threat right there. And those two don't mind working candy bar you shifts. Get, you're the Cerberus of the Mayfair Theater. You get yeah. E3. So I could I could work seven days in a row with them working on candy bar, or me working five days in a row. <laughs> you and, you with a clipboard commenting yeah. on their stuff. <laughs> so we'll see. But it's like I mean you know theoretically we could do a Zoom Skype interview process with people, but it's hmm, just interesting. Like we could, but man. we don't have to really oh, right man. now. We should have them on as podcast guests, like yeah. Zoom in <laughs> no people. Who, and we're like, uh, you weren't funny enough. Sorry, <laughs> you can't work here. Like, but I don't want to be on the podcast. No, sorry. But that's going to be the big thing of even, I think when we come back, this isn't going away completely. No. In the same way that the flu is still out there and cancer is still out there. This is a bummer. Thanks but, a lot, Josh. So even when we're back, we might have certain rules. Yeah. Like you know, social distance in the popcorn line. Uh, um, that's the one I think will be the weirdest. Yeah. We're not going to be able to have more than like three people in line at a time. The line should still move as fast. Yeah. Just the line will go further or people will just be savvy enough to be like, I'll come back. Pre-order maybe like something? Like I'm trying to think of what would make it faster. I, I think just like having maybe a longer time in between films, yeah. like say 45 minutes. Sure. So it might mean you got to get here a bit earlier and sit, but you mm -hmm. know, sit in your seat and read on your phone for a little bit. You'll be fine. The other thing is like just going to shoppers. Mm -hmm. Now they've got this at the checkout. They have, I don't even know how high it goes, but they have a big plastic thing. Yeah. And you take your box of cereal and you shove it through a slot. Okay. The clerk takes it, zaps it, and then puts it in a bag. You take your own gift card or whatever okay. and your points card uh -huh. and you zap it you take your credit card you zap it so i'm like are they gonna make us put a plastic wall yeah i'm gonna say yes and like so how will that work well that's the thing because that's what it's like that at the beer store now like i'm not sure if the lcbo uh, yeah the lcbo was like that too well i went to a random one and we saw we visited both of our parents like emily and i yesterday so we were it was a weird road trip and yeah the lcbo they had the same thing i'm not sure like a, the grocery store i can't remember now like it's just so it's all blending in but the point of yeah. it is like something like that you kind of would have to do it just it sucks for us but i think pretty much yeah we'd have to attach it to the popcorn machine maybe all the way to the end like i don't even know that's or to the candy at least but the, i don't know like that's the thing i don't want to think about frankly or if there's space which there kind of is will the rules be okay of like you don't have to set up a thing but just do it like just stay apart from each other yeah so if the popcorn person is standing back there mm -hmm. there's enough space where they could set down a bag of popcorn and set down a coke yeah take a step back the person pays with the visa card uh -huh. they leave so it's doable in yeah. that sense or is it masks required but you don't have to have the thing yeah maybe is another just leave masks on all the time that's you know even when you're eating the popcorn it's like <laughs> this yeah. was a bad choice well like the box office is fine like it has a true existing plastic wall there mm. so that works but we just have to see there will be rules set of saying For you sure. got to do this and this and this 
Yeah. And that's, that's something to think about too, for a small business, I think is like, if you can wait two more weeks and not have to pay to install a plastic thing, is that more cost effective than being open for two weeks? And then what do you do with the plastic thing later? Exactly. Does it stay there forever? (laughs) It's so weird. At least for a year, I would think. Cause I mean, we're not going to be normal till the end of 2021 probably. Like, I mean, not to sound like a pessimist, but. And then like our poor friends at house of Targ, where they have a row of pinball machines and a row of arcade games you're shoulder to shoulder with people so do they have to go every third pinball machine technically i guess yeah and you can't have a band in there it's like a nice little cozy place where you've got if you have 100 people there they're all kind of squeezed in you know oh man you're gonna have to get a dig dug fast so that nobody's on either side of you (laughs) that's the only way otherwise you're gonna have to wait like that's the thing that sucks if you could only do every third pinball machine but like the popular one is like off by one you're like buddy can you hurry up and then move down one so that i can move to this one machine oh well and even with airplanes a comedian that i like who has a podcast he posted a picture ages ago because he was stuck in i think he was stuck in austin texas trying to get home to la oh man so he stayed in austin for a bit this is the early early days and then finally got on a plane and he was really disappointed because the I think the planes were supposed to be following certain rules mm-hmm. and were not. So it was just this packed airplane with people all in masks and stuff. Sounds like someone who was like anticipating SXSW not being canceled. I think like, that exactly ah, was what it might have been. Yeah. <laughs> I felt worse about all that before everything continued to be what it is. And now I don't feel bad for that anymore. <laughs> I'm just like trying to survive. A friend of ours came by because Gwen's been making masks oh right part of her arts and crafty genius Mm -hmm. so i think three or four times in the weekend it's funny we just we're in like a not an apartment building a little kind of heritage building Mm. and we're the middle balcony so it's us on the balcony speaking with somebody down below us on the front lawn (laughs) throwing masks throwing masks at them (laughs) yeah that's normal now (laughs) yeah yeah it's cool that you have the middle balcony though that's arguably the best one because you get the coverage on the top and the bottom you know yeah Uh, you know that obviously but it's yeah it's so weird I want to get Gwen to make me a mask with that cartoon show mask on it. Oh, remember? Like, I know that's a deep dive, but I feel like if I could find material of like M A S K, but I mean, that's God. Only people of above a certain age would even get that bit. But man, would that be worth it? I wonder if she could do one with Optimus Prime's face. Oh, so it's just that like triangle that that is not his. Yeah, that is not his nose and mouth. Man, there's so many like great concepts that she could be doing. Well, even Lee posted an Instagram picture and it was him in a Star Wars mask. So I don't know if he just bought that from that's a nerd true. site because that's something that Gwen would have made for him, but I don't think she got it to him. So. Yeah, because she did have Star Wars ones, but like not quite the same. I thought that too. I was like, is that a Gwen original? But it was not. Yeah, the one in my backpack right now is Superpowers. It's like the DC Comics. Oh, right. Yeah, she can make whatever. She was saying that if we do live in a world where we just have to be wearing masks, she can make mayfair print masks mm. and so oh, that, podcast print masks. so even. that could be like our uniform when oh, we man. come back an original gwen original so be like an oggo yeah this is that's how i remember things but even like tomorrow for example i'm going into the mayfair at a safe distance because the repair guys are coming up oh no to do their annual check oh, okay of just the roof and everything like that it's not burning down or anything no no <laughs> it's, it's the uh checking the heater checking the air conditioning oh, all God. that kind of stuff but it is this weird, bizarre silver lining of they can just do that now and not have to worry about getting in the way of a movie screening at mm. three o'clock on a on a Wednesday. Do they go up on the roof and stuff too? Yeah, they totally go up oh, on the man. roof and it's not that much of an endeavor. They just go up there and 
you know, I think just give it a once over, make sure yeah. everything's cool. Oh man, I've never even been up there, which is upsetting because I've been here like three years and somehow it's just never come up. It's cool up there. It's just obviously it's dangerous. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's no... one of those things where you should probably tell me not to go up there, but like I'm smart enough to not do dumb stuff up there. But now I there's really no... want to go up. Even if if you've you know even say on the top level of a parking garage or whatever, or some buildings, I guess they have like a railing essentially we do not up there (laughs) so man it's those are the best moments i had that at my old job it was like i can't remember how how we'll say like 20 stories maybe and then we had to go up because i think the top floor was storage and so we had to go up one time and we went up and i almost think it was like a weekend too it's kind of a weird like we just went in for a few hours or something like that and i was like can we go out on the roof like we were there was only like three or four of us and we went out and it's like again yeah like they had like a moat almost so you wouldn't go out and right. fall off and I'm, uh, it, it seemed like a little over elaborate but man and, and that was cool because uh it's just down uh, it was on um queen and right by sparks there near world exchange so you had like a sweet view of that when where the traffic branches off in the distance it's like kind of a fork and like ah uh, so it's so rare to see these cool views of the city that you would never see and shouldn't really see even then even just in average buildings this was ages ago and i just had a boring day gig of running cables in the <laughs> shopify building well, that could be all right and i only took the gig because it was a friend and i and it's one of those days where if you're with a friend who you can hold a conversation with mm-hmm. for eight hours you're doing this boring task of just running cables for the internet for this new level of a building but you can just talk all day. So yeah. it's not the worst thing in the world. But I was at a, what was it? Like a southwest facing window, however many stories up, like mm-hmm. 20 stories up right downtown Ottawa. And I'd never seen that view before. Yeah. And it's just this really weird alien thing of like, wow, this is a new perspective on my city. For sure. Same thing where when I did special events on Parliament Hill, every once in a while I got to go up onto the roof of the Parliament buildings to set up special lights. Man. And same as you just said, there was kind of like a moat. There's this little like mini railing. Yeah. A, a trip hazard railing, essentially, that if you tripped on this, you would not fall. <laughs> but it was six feet away from the yeah. edges. But there is this sense of like, I'm just going to go look. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and even then, you know, I've always had, and maybe this is just an inherent human feeling, but anytime I'm in a situation like that, I always picture like, maybe not throwing myself off, but like, I'm just... I can't not think of it just like, oh, yeah, and then I'd just be splattered. You know, like, it's that's just, the line, I don't want to. That's the line of sanity and insanity is yeah. that <laughs> you think, ooh, I could totally get that cop's gun, but you don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're like, don't. and I guess if you are going to grab the gun, maybe jump off the building. Maybe yeah. that's a good follow up to that because you're not coming back. So, but yeah, you not doing that proves you're a productive, sane member well, of society. At least as much as is possible, as much as can be for a Mayfair employee, anyway see a computer screen open in front of me you opened that screen (laughs) who opened that screen what are the odds but i do want to mention that we have some new selections at the mayfair theater video store oh yeah and a new one coming up friday or at least one yeah we talked about that one earlier because we knew about that one a few weeks in advance but now i've seen it oh yeah yeah i can actually talk about that it was good josh was not lying ghost of peter sellers was a good movie yeah so ghost of peter sellers is coming up on friday the 22nd and it's a fascinating behind the scenes movie movie. So good. And it's also one of those ones where it has like an old dude who's cool with swearing, which I loved, which is just, oh, as yeah. a side <laughs> note, it's just, you know, you, I, I guess sometimes you think of these kind of like maybe stuffy, like older directors or like British directors or whatever. He's not British, but you know, just where, you're, where you just picture them being prim and proper. And then you're like, man, he, he'll drop an F-bomb. He doesn't even care. Like, I, I, I love that. And didn't you feel that he felt way more sad 
in his whole life than he needed to be. Oh, yeah. Because I think even in the movie, Peter Sellers' agent says to him, like, hey, everything's okay, buddy. You're going to be fine. Oh, yeah. And, and, and that weird moment where, like, later, years later, I guess, Peter Sellers was kind of like, hey, how's it going, man? Like, it reminded me of, like, the Rick James Chappelle show bit where he's just, like, almost doesn't remember any of the stuff that happened. And it's yeah. just like, what, what, what's wrong? What, how you doing, buddy? I love you kind of thing. You're like, are you serious? Like, I think that's yeah. all the accounts of Peter Sellers had actual, like, he wasn't just a jerk. He had yeah. actual mental problems. Yeah, yeah. And when he was nice, he was the nicest guy in the world. Mm-hmm. But he seemed to completely pass over the part where he was a monster and tried to ruin you. Yeah, and I think th- th- that's probably pretty prevalent with, you know, rich, established actors who, you know, you could just just take or leave people if you feel like Yeah, it. and in his brain, he was like, I'm doing the best for the picture and I yeah. want to be a great artist, but so you're weird. a monster. And he was like, we should buy back the negative and, and redo the uh, voiceover and, uh, and re-release it. It'll be fine. Yeah. He's just like, dude. Dude, like, <laughs> I don't do you even work. remember what we went through? Like, and it's so funny when you hear about actors like Michael Caine. They go to acting like a plumber or a carpenter. Like they just, they're really good at what they do. They take it seriously, mm-hmm. but they're not a method actor. They don't do any crazy stuff. They don't act like a jerk on the set because their character's a jerk. Mm-hmm. And I've heard stories of actors of that generation, that caliber, who right before action is yelled, they're sitting there reading the newspaper. They're small talking about the football game they saw last night Mm -hmm. and then they go and do the greatest scene you'll ever see filled with emotion cut back to normal yeah and you see that and you're like yeah maybe there's a reason maybe you don't have to be a jerk you can just you know be good at what you do but this whole method actor thing is like yeah i don't know Mm -hmm. well it's funny seeing now like i don't know if you've seen like val kilmer is now coming out and being all like talking about you know regrets here and there his career and all this stuff and now he's older and wiser and it's just I don't know. It must be so funny to see that as Richard Stanley or someone like that who had to go through Dr. Moreau and all that all that BS between those two guys. And just now you're like, oh, oh, you're older and wiser and you yeah. realize what <laughs> everyone in the world realized at the time. Oh, cool. Oh, I feel so bad for you, sir. I saw that kind of recently with John Cusack, who I don't think was ever a full-blown monster, but in his younger days was kind of a, you know, snobby Hollywood kid. Yeah, yeah, stuck-up jerk. And... I've seen him in a few things recently or, or interviews where he pretty much was like, yeah, I was 20 and given a lot of money and power and people were doing whatever I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I really regret the way I acted back then. Some filmmakers he worked with back then who made great movies with are now years later like, yeah, we reconnected. And I think Cameron Crowe was one who said we were talking about maybe doing something. Mm-hmm. And the guy who did One Crazy Summer, stuff like that, yeah. of saying like, there was a point where they're like, oh, you're going to do another One Crazy Summer type movie? And John Cusack was off uninterested. Yeah. And so, so you know, people can look back on their youth. And you forget that, too, that, I don't know, the age of 21 is, for most people, the worst year to be a person alive. Because <laughs> yeah. you get this kind of, like, save the world mentality or whatever. It's a weird age because yeah. you're, you're not quite a grown-up. You're not quite a kid. Yeah. So imagine that. But you've, you know, you're a Hollywood star. If you can get out the other side of that and apologize a few years later, that's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. That's around the age that I first came to the Mayfair. I was I was probably like uh, nineteen twenty, I guess. But you were a monster. Eh, well, I might I don't think so. I might have been. It's hard to remember back then. It's so far in the in the distant past. Then two movies that are out as we speak came out on Friday on Mayfair Virtual Cinema, which you can find the links for on our website. One is Buddy, which is kind of interesting. It's an encore in the fact that we screened it on the big screen a little while ago. Hmm. So this is its digital release. And Buddy is a documentary about 
heroic puppy dogs. <laughs> Your favorite kind. So if you want to see a movie that's going to make you cry, that's yeah. one. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. But it's really good. It, you know, it's it's a it's a feel good movie about puppy dogs. So that's a good movie to watch in in this horrible time we're all in. Yeah, we would have. Did we have a, a with dogs screening for that? We or? we did, and it's kind of the example that I always give of why we can't play every single movie we want because yeah. everyone's like Goonies. Thousands of us are going to come see that, and then yeah. no one comes. On social media, it was such a buzz. People were like, "Wow, you're going to do a dog screening? That's so amazing!" And like, I really thought it was going to be like 50 dogs here. I think it was like three. Yeah. <laughs> so it was still fun, but it was like it wasn't that big event with all kinds of dogs running around. And yeah. People taking pictures and having fun. So. And I guess it never really has been like for any of the ones we've done. It's not like it's been packed or there's been like no. a ton of dogs. I mean, they're fun, but it's something that people think is an excellent idea and request and say they're going to come to, and then I think realize that they don't want to. I've, it always terrifies me, like on, on a liability issue. I'm always like, D- "What if a dog bites a dog or <laughs> yeah. something? Like, what are you gonna do?" And I, and I was the only one who was nervous. Like you and Lee are like, "Ah, it's fine." That's yeah, fine. And, and it really was fine. I'm like, "Am I the only one overthinking everything?" Well, the one we did years ago, like maybe almost ten years ago, was for Up for Pixar's okay. Up. Okay. And bring your own balloon. Bring your own. Bring your own <laughs> balloon, Grandpa and Dog. And for that one, we actually did have. 50 dogs man and it was super fun and the part of the movie where the dogs go squirrel and bark at squirrels all the dogs barked yeah it was all fine Nothing dogs bad. behave themselves nobody bit anything nobody <laughs> made a mess on anything man and then plus uh no popcorn on the floors at all very yeah. sh- very shocking we're probably in way more danger screening the rumor rocky horror than a screening with 50 dogs at it <laughs> oh man we were in danger enough not screening the room yeah <laughs> at least we survived that one the other new one we have online is All the Wild Horses, a documentary about a, I think it was a seven-day horse race, a seven-day horse race across Mongolia. What? what? Yeah. Wow, that sentence kept going. And you watch it, and you're like, maybe you could just go for a nice horse ride. Maybe you don't have to race, because these people... Uh, like, like ser- super serious. You know, no spoilies, but <laughs> like a couple of people have to be kicked out of the race because they're going to kill themselves because they're just insane uh, athlete types who are just like i can keep going and they're like you punctured a lung you can't keep going this is weird the cool thing though is they said the horses are taken better care of than the people because at each checkpoint they check their heart rate and, do, mm. and if the horse is exhausted or injured which rarely happens yeah you get like a penalty so you get like a three-hour penalty or something weird. on your on your it's race your fault yeah or because you cause, rode them too hard or whatever exactly. okay got yeah. it so you could come in first place, but then get a two-hour penalty because you rode your horse too hard. Huh. And then somebody comes in in a reasonable manner an hour and a half behind you, and yeah. they come in first place. Tortoise in the hare scenario. It's totally. It's 100%. <laughs> There's a character in the movie in this documentary, so a real person, and you just, you're just you screaming tortoise in the hare at her for the whole movie. And it doesn't oh, go well for her. So That's amazing. But it's a fascinating movie, and it's very bittersweet because we find ourselves as a streaming service for the time being Mm -hmm. which is very appreciated from a point of view of our distributors being nice to us because they could just not have chipped us in on this yeah and our patrons are actually watching we're getting social media posts and emails of people saying thanks or saying they like the movie so Mm -hmm. i mean it's one of these things where if we were 100 percent destitute right now things like this would not save us right but it's a a little bit of money rolling in which is always appreciated Mm mm-hmm it's keeping the Mayfair name out there. It's keeping the community going, which is mm-hmm. so much fun. And the distribution uh, bridge as well. It's keeping yeah. that going, which is nice. 
And you're supporting a Canadian distributor mm-hmm. and us. So Well, and there's a lot of hype for the Peter Sellers one. Like I believe that's a world premiere on Friday. Yeah, and that is that's the bittersweet part is that would have been on our screen. Mm-hmm. The horse movie, All the Wild Horses, it's so beautiful, the cinematography. <laughs> and what you could do nowadays is I'm sure there's a lot of like they're probably filming on cameras that I think it's so neat. They look like a traditional camera, mm-hmm. like a still camera, but they are a high-end digital camera. So because you're shooting on something small, because a drone, you can slap yeah. an iPhone in and oh, get yeah. this beautiful shot. There's all these shots that once upon a time would have probably increased their budget by 10 oh, times. At least. Would have made it a $30 million movie yeah, yeah, instead helicopter of a $3 million shots, probably, movie. probably, stuff like that. So you look at it and you're like, oh, I'd love to see this on the screen. Man, drones are, are some of the best things that could have ever happen to low-budget filmmaking. Oh, man. 100%. I remember a movie, I can't remember what it was called. It was a horror movie a couple years ago, and it was in like a castle and we were screening it Mm. here and it was so subtle it made you kind of jolt that a camera was following an actor down a hallway in a castle and then the camera went out above midair and then watched this character walk through like kind of windows and then came back in and you knew that this castle was high up in the air Uh and for a second you're like oh my god was that some crazy crane shot or how did you do it and you're like oh it was a drone They, they flew the drone for six feet behind them walking down a hallway, mm-hmm. had it back its way out a window. And the, it's skilled piloting because you, oh, yeah. you, you mess that up and you like bonk into a window and there goes your drone and your camera. Yeah. But it is like little things like that that an independent film, short film can do. Yeah. And just makes it look huge. Makes it look amazing. Yeah. yeah. And there was, a, there was a movie, Revenge, a couple of years ago that had a couple shots that I, I don't know for sure they were drones, but just some real, it, it, it's low budget and it was like just lovely. I, I think it was Australia. Yeah, but just like really nice, it like like looked beautiful, and it adds so much apparent budget, but not budget at all. And the funniest thing about that is like a lot of these drones can only take seven to ten minutes at a time before they die or before whatever. So I I find it funny knowing that, and you're seeing because there's shots that'll be like the last of the movie's a beach, and it pulls out onto the water, and it's showing the beach, and you're like, oh buddy, you better get your <laughs> five seven minutes there because you're yeah. gonna die in the middle of the ocean. So and I've seen one of those too, where it's a drone coming in from the ocean and the, the battery is dying. So you can see it going lower, uh-huh. lower, lower. And you see the dude running with the control and diving and he catches it before it hits the water. It's, there's a really uh, fun YouTube video of that. And I think for sports too, like imagine a bicycle race or, or a... Um, oh yeah, Tour de France or something. Yeah, yeah, like you just have drones flying all over the place. Man, that, yeah, that'd be really uh, interesting for even something like NBA. Because they used to have sideline cams for... I think I don't know if it's just the playoffs, but in the '90s for a little while, and so it was more like to the floor kind of thing, and it would just follow along kind of the baseline. Oh yeah, and it was neat because it's you you didn't want a three hour game of that, but to add that to like you know a guy going to the corner putting up a shot and the thing goes up or down, like it's just it, there's a lot of possibilities there. Let's for a couple of minutes mention. Scarface. Oh right! No, you were gonna kick yourself if we didn't. Cause yeah, that you said. I know we forgot something last it, week. Yeah, it, it was well, and even, I think it was like the day of or the day after the podcast, where I was like, which kind of sucks when that happens because we'll record a really good podcast and then something really fun will happen immediately after. I'm like, oh god, I hope I remember that in a week. I get mad when a conversation happens after we press stop. Yeah, and you're like, oh yeah, this would have been good. And we can't. We're like, ah, we don't have the patience to re-record yeah. and tack that on. But yeah, so I, I was trying to think of that on the way, and I literally remembered it on the bike ride. I was out in a 
about and I was that's I do my best thinking when I'm biking or walking around in, in a pandemic apparently <laughs> yeah and so yeah like they just had announced this last week I guess uh, that they're they're remaking Scarface which is already hilarious because as most people know Scarface the 80s one is a remake yeah of the 32 movie which was based on a 1928 book and the author of that died in 1930 uh 28 years old Oh, didn't, know, didn't know that which is kind of depressing to throw that in there but go. i thought that was pretty fascinating so he never got to see the first version let alone the remake right let alone the re- i mean he wouldn't have probably survived long enough to see the 50 more years there so yeah this has been in development for a while like antoine fuqua of training day was supposed to do it about four years back and then the writer of wolf of wall street boardwalk empire and sopranos was supposed to write it but now the Coen brothers are writing it, which is huge. So this is this very much reminds me of the HBO Hellraiser thing, where you're like, crazy big news. We've got two of the greatest writers of their time, if not the greatest, depending on who you ask. And then, you know, the director of Call Me By Your Name slash Suspiria, whose name I can never remember, or I butcher it. And it's going to be, you know, probably pretty hands off. Like with that amount of talent, I can't really see a studio being on their backs all the time watching them. You know, if you're able to, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they make it more via Europe like they did with Suspiria and just avoid the studio system if they can. Yeah. And this is unconfirmed, but for some reason in my brain, I have it that Chadwick Boseman was going to be in the lead. Which I hope is true. I, I couldn't. I might be making that I, I up. I couldn't substantiate that on a yeah. quick Google search, but that would be great because I think you do have to do something that isn't what they've already done. I am for anything that angers people who get angry at this yeah, sort of thing. Basically. And they're <laughs> already angry at the fact that they have the nerve to remake a remake and they're not. Like, that's the thing. When it's based on a novel, that's what kills me. When, when they, they made it, that's not a remake of the TV movie. No. It's not. It never was, you know. So it's funny to me. I've never read uh, Scarface or, or It, frankly, but I've never read Scarface. So I don't know how true either of those versions were. I would guess the 32 versions very dialed back based on, you know, what you can and can't show in the 30s. Well, and it's this anger at remakes I just think is so hilarious. Yeah. Of judging something before it comes out mm-hmm. that remakes have been around forever. Right. Whether it be remaking mythology and fairy tales and and Shakespeare Shakespeare stories being passed down there's no such thing as an era where there wasn't remakes from a certain point of view because if somebody's sitting around telling a story at a campfire and then six months later somebody retells the story they heard that's just how it works and you know sometimes people complain where it's like oh I can't believe they're making another Spider-Man movie with a new actor it's only been a couple years yeah yeah but they can't even say that about this because it's been a lifetime. It's been yeah. it's been forty years since Scarface with Pacino. Mm-hmm. So there's people with grown children practically yeah. who never saw Scarface or were like little kids when it came out who mm. have no attachment to it. Yeah, and people forget that too. That they whine and complain of oh kids today mm. don't have an attachment to these old movies. Yeah, and I'm like yeah, but when you were twelve. Did you like stuff from 50 years before you were born? Yeah. No. It, uh, it's just, that's how it works. And it's weird. And source material, I find interesting too, because I mean, you could, so for example, like The Fly is one uh, considered by many to be the best remake of, or horror remake of all time anyways. And it's funny because like you could do an adaptation of like Kafka's Metamorphosis that is essentially The Fly at its core, 
but like to my knowledge no one's really done that but if you come up with that is it then what is that a ripoff of the fly because you haven't read the source material and then it's like you know because i mean obviously that's very different and you know cronenberg does what he does but just to say that like you can take something like a source material that is from the 30s or earlier and make it its own thing and it has elements of a thing that is popular but then what like is that a bad thing because oh you know you're not going to live up to this version of whatever i think something should be like, or it's like people <laughs> say oh all remakes are bad but the track record on just movies in general is bad right like i don't think movies hits a point of you know like whatever the the greatest baseball players bat 400 right like the greatest of all time man so four out of ten times but i i think average is like what like 200 300 yeah, which seems low but isn't like hitting is not easy <laughs> yeah so i don't think movies if you go back for a hundred plus years of movies they're probably not at 400 yeah or 40 percent good probably Man, not you know michael jordan was averaging uh, over 200 as a as a side note like yeah. I, I just finished that uh, the last dance oh uh, yeah yeah and they were they were saying that like everyone joked that michael jordan sucked at baseball but and, and there were gms who were like do you know how hard it is to hit 200 in base <laughs> yeah. like because that's every at bat you know so many people like i can't even imagine i i if i got a hit i would be impressed in the mlb you know like this is professional sports and i think that's what is good about actors like michael kane where they're just like <laughs> you bring it back to bring it back to michael kane he's your go-to just because i heard somebody talk about jaws 4 recently it and, was me and it was you i'm always talking about <laughs> jaws 4 but people are like wow why did michael kane do jaws 4 and it's like because he had three weeks off and they offered him a paycheck yeah. and he had a good movie after that you know it, and the only thing that was said about that is that he missed picking up his oscar because of reshoots for jazz four but that that's commitment to your art form that's amazing it's, it's like I, it's, it's probably more like contractual obligation but <laughs> yeah. still like i do think you know he'd be cool about that even though you can you know he's not having fun well actually though i i did hear the filming was fine like people they had a good time shooting it it's not like it was a nightmare making it it just wasn't good. Yeah. So, and I'm sure the, the director didn't have the most fun uh, battling with the studio and stuff like that. But Well, even people who right now, I think have a pretty perfect track record like Edgar Wright. I read an interview with him a while ago where he joked about it. He's like, oh no, I have my Jaws 4 coming. You know, like nobody's perfect. Mm -hmm. Nobody has a perfect record, whether, you know, the, the greats of all time, like Spielberg had a great run, but now mm -hmm. he's not perfect. And or, then the BFG <laughs> reared yeah. its ugly head. Or, you know, everyone loves Hitchcock or the Coen brothers or whatever, but everybody has something in their resume that doesn't work out perfectly. And that's yeah. how it works. You can't win all the time. No, and it's funny with, especially with Coen brothers, because like there's certain ones where, like, I love the O Brother soundtrack, but I don't love the movie. I don't hate the movie. Right. I just, it's fine. I, I don't love it. I just, I, but I know other people who think that's a masterpiece, perfect classic. Oh, yeah. There's a few like that are inside uh, Llewellyn Davis where I'm, I, I'm, you know, this, it was fine. It was totally fine. I don't know that I'll ever rewatch it. And, and and it's interesting with stuff like that because it's so debatable with certain directors where no one's saying something's bad or good, but just masterpieces thrown around a, a lot. And oh, yeah. I don't like to get involved in stuff like that because it's just, I like what I like. You like what you like and I don't care. So yeah. <laughs> We don't have to fight. We can all be friends. No. And, and it's going to be interesting to see how much, how involved they are in Scarface. You know, if they're just going to say, here's the screenplay, good luck. Or, I think so. Like, I think when they did Bridge of Spies, they were just like, yeah, we were hired guns. We did the yeah. screenplay. I don't think they hung out on set or anything. Mm -hmm. They were just like, yep, done. But I think it'd be interesting with the talent because I think the director would be someone who would want to have them on speed dial or whatever and just be like, hey, what, what as directors and writers, what do you think? Like, 
you know, he's going to have his vision, of course, but just, I guess what I'm saying is I hope the Coens are cool and easy to deal with in ways like that, where you can be like, hey, so, you know, they're not just going to be like, oh no, we got our paycheck. We're Please stop calling. I think they might be somewhere in between there where they're hired <laughs> guns and they're just laid back and like, yeah, yeah. we're done. Yeah. I'm fascinated, frankly, because I just don't, at Suspiria, I had no idea what to expect. And then when it turned out it was twice as long as the original movie, I found that hilarious, frankly, when that before the movie dropped itself, you know. But having seen it, it's just it's it is it, to me it's a perfect remake in the sense that it it it's a completely different story, but it honors the original, but it, it's its own thing. It does not rip it off. It's it's totally different. Yeah. It's it's uh, I don't want to say more artistic, but it's different. You know, I almost see the Argento version is almost like a painting, and he's way more focused on color and feel and music, whereas the remake was a lot more layers to it, I think, and and the story was a little more expansive and stuff like that. So, I have no idea what this is going to be like. Well, and <laughs> it's okay to like both versions, right. and if you don't like the new version, it doesn't ruin the old version. Yeah, it doesn't ruin your childhood. It doesn't take it away. It doesn't mm-hmm. snap in half your blu-ray copy that you have like it's still there and if you really are opposed you don't gotta go see it yeah that's the part i don't get where it's like people really furious that there's a new home alone reboot thing coming Mm -hmm. and it's like don't watch it if you don't want to yeah that's it you don't have to watch it there's plenty of other things for you to watch out there yeah and who the heck knows it might end up being super good. Yeah. So was it like Suspiria was for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think that was a lot more embraced than I think a lot of us expected. Yeah. Because it's just, it's so easy to see that, you know, remake of a classic, th- almost three hours long, like, et cetera, et cetera. There's ways to go in with a knee jerk reaction to it. But I think that actually, like, there are for sure a bunch of people who are just like, oh, it's garbage, you know, kind of knee jerk. But there has been a lot of acceptance of that remake. And I, that's awesome to see. Like, cause it is, it, it's so different from the original, but being its own thing, it is fascinating. It's a beautiful movie. Yeah. And if Hollywood likes making remakes, I think the best thing to do is all these great filmmakers just embracing it and going like, okay, yeah, here we go. Yeah. And it's so, and I, I love it. It's almost like he's trolling fans at this point. They were like, oh, you didn't like that uh, remake <laughs> of Suspiria? Bam. Here's Scarface. He's yeah. like, he's doing Star Wars after this. Probably. It's like, yeah. Remaking a new hope. Bam. What do you think of that? Well, it's that never say never. Like if they said they're doing a new back to the future, but had a great cast involved and great filmmakers involved. Yeah. I'd be like, sure. I think that's what it comes down to for me. Is just if you have the talent, just like with Hellraiser, you know, if you're gonna get the trick or treat guy, you're gonna get the new Halloween guy, then you care at least. Like you're trying. You're not just grabbing whoever and throwing it out there, you know. But well, that was the that doesn't too- mean it'll be good, of course. I'm gonna wrap this up now because we're at the end of our usual time that we like to not make this too long. On the topic of remakes, the ready or not filmmakers, oh, right. a film I just watched and really liked, yeah are doing the new Scream movie. And I will go see that now Mm. because I love Scream and Scream 1 through 4 was, for me, diminishing. Where Scream 2, I was like, okay. Scream 3, I didn't like it so much. Scream 4, oh, I really didn't like that. So now that it's these filmmakers who did a movie that I really liked, right. I'm more apt to go see that with them behind the camera. Right, and not a remake as well, which is nice. So, yeah, I agree with you. A lot, there, four has a pretty big following, but I thought it was cartoonish and ridiculous. But Yeah, I didn't that's, like it. That's me. But no, I think those will be good. I okay, watched, we I don't watched, have time for yeah, recommendations. I watched House of Wax <laughs> and the Creature in Black Lagoon movies. Those are the, the three of each of those. That's what I've watched. Good stuff. Let's wait. We'll talk about that next time. <laughs> that was concise. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Keep chatting with us on the social medias and watch our Mayfair Video Store stuff. You can find links to that on our website. We've got 
five or six movies there now and more coming who the heck knows how long we're going to be on this lockdown so if you want to support us that's a good way to do it for the time being Mm. and we'll see you again soon at the mayfair as soon as we're back keep listening and uh we'll be back it'll be fun It'll be fine. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Well, I really hope that guy remakes Creature in the Black Lagoon next. Then I could work it in perfectly to talk about the trilogy again. Oh, Creature. I'd love a Creature remake. Instinctively, man has always been drawn to the sea. Its beauty. Its mystery. Its secrets. But there is also a vague uncertainty. A sense of intrusion into an alien world where man is unwelcome and completely at the mercy of the most terrifying predator on earth. Man's deepest fear has risen again. Jaws, the revenge. This time, it's personal.